January 1st, 2023. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. First day of the year and you're in church. Praise God. Give yourself a quick pat on the back. <laughs> I just started out right. Let's go. Guys, I'm getting old. Last night, I went to bed at 9.30 p.m. Anybody else smart and wise like I am becoming? <laughs> the gray hairs are showing up. 9.30 p.m. But it felt good this morning when the alarm went off. So if you went to bed super late, um, the Lord bless you. Glad you're in church today. If you're watching online as well, we want to say welcome. Thanks for joining us. Uh, 2023, I was reminded of, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy. It's like, man, here we are. Never thought that date was actually coming. My grandma, like many years ago, she gave us like a quarter collection. Anybody quarter collection? Like you, you had to collect all the states. And I was like, this is going to take like 100 years, you know, because <laughs> there's 100 states. Anyway, so, but she gave us this quarter collection. I remember as a young boy being like, Minnesota, that's like 2008. That's like never going to happen. And like, here we are, 2023. Blows my mind. 2008 did come. And here we are, 2023. Um, does anybody do New Year's resolutions anymore? Is that... Are we kind of learning that that doesn't work? <laughs> we, yeah. Nor how about like a word for the year? Does anybody ever take like some time and just get before the Lord quiet and kind of seek his face for maybe a word for the year? A word for like 2023. Anybody do that? I've done that. No. The thing about that is like you get a, you get a word for the year and then like doesn't, cannot so much happen in a year? Isn't it crazy? So much can happen in a year. Like for us last year, I don't remember if I had a word or not. But we had four children coming into 2022, and in, in last year, we ended up with five. We didn't think we'd have any more, and then February, surprise, pregnant, awesome. October had our fifth child. So here we are now, a full house, raising five kids. It's a journey. So here we go. I don't, I don't think <laughs> 2023 will be six children, but Lord knows. <laughs> um, Anybody remember, like, 2020, though, like, word for the year, 2020? Everyone coming into 2020, like, all right, vision, 2020 vision, clarity, focus, growth. Nobody was saying, like, confusion, chaos, COVID, <laughs> quarantine. Wasn't the year very different than you maybe hoped it would be, and I think that can happen, and something I'm kind of learning in my walk with Christ is maybe not trying to be so adamant about, like, predicting or, like, declaring what it's going to be, but being more reflective and looking back on this last year. And I want to encourage maybe all of us to do the same thing. Look back, and maybe this last year was really difficult. Maybe it was really good. But I guarantee you, if you take some time and look back on all that God did this last year, and really reflect and examine and take your time, you will see the hand of God in so many things. The hard things, the good things, and you see the promise of God that says he will work all things together for good. So maybe there's some value in just reflecting on all that God did last year, and we know this, coming into a new year, that God's going to be with us, and this is God's year. 2023 is God's year. He's going to be with us no matter what happens. And so just to trust in that, find safety in that, refuge in that. So today, we are kicking off um, a new series, um, all centered around this idea of having margin in our lives. Having margin in our lives. And I do think there's a lot of value 
at the beginning of a year, doesn't it feel like we can just start fresh? Like we can kind of close a chapter on, on last year and start something new in a new year. And um, I do think there's value in taking this time to, to look at this. And so we're going to look at this idea of margin in our heart as a staff, as pastors, as um, the other people communicating in the series. Our heart is that we would all have healthy margin in our lives so that ultimately we're free Free. We have space to respond and obey as the Spirit of God is leading us. That we would live our lives at the pace of Jesus. We live our lives at the pace of Jesus instead of the pace of culture. And that we would intentionally start out 2023 intentionally making room for God. So I want you to lean in. Activate your heart and your mind this morning because I have a lot of questions I want to ask today to be reflective and to think about our lives today. And so kind of a working definition for margin that I'm going to use today and um, for this series is this, is that margin is a, is a spare amount or measure or degree allowed or given for contingencies or special situations. I was kind of thinking of it like, like this, like when you're typing on a sheet of paper um, and we, we use margin, we use an inch around every edge to create space for just clarity and ease of, ease of use, ease of reading ability. <laughs> Anybody in college like tried to sneak up the font a little bit, tried to find a new font to help fill the page when you're writing papers? Anybody want to be honest to start out the year? <laughs> yeah, I did that. Um, so the idea is to live with, with margin in our lives as opposed to, and if you look closely too, it didn't even print all of the words properly, as opposed to just being maxed out all the way to the edge and no space for error. Everything's got to kind of go according to plan or this thing falls apart. And this, this piece of paper kind of represents... We've all been given like a sheet of paper. We've all been given a life and what we try to fit inside of this life. We've all, or it can represent finances. It could represent energy. It could re represent time. We've all been given a, a sheet of paper, a certain amount. And we get to decide what do we put inside of this life? What do we put inside? What do we write on this paper? We've all been given a certain amount of time and my question today is, what if we learn to embrace our limits? Because there's a limit to what we can do. There's a limit to what we have. There's a limit to our energy. There's a limit to our resources. And what if in 2023 we learn to embrace our limits instead of trying to like live outside of our limits, on the edge, maxed out? What if we choose to embrace them as a gift from God, and learn to live inside with margin in our lives. So I'm excited for this series, and I'm excited myself just to dive in and to look at my life. And I want to encourage all of us, just even pastorally, to just take some time and to look at reality. I think all of us would like to think like that we're living with space, we're living with margin, but is that your reality? Is that your reality today? Or is this your reality in your life and how you've been living? 
So let's be real today. Let's be honest. It's vital that we are honest with our lives and we are a community of grace. We've all been there. We've had seasons of life where it's just been maxed out, stressed out. There's no room. And we just have come out of a crazy season of holidays, Christmas, and everything. And here we are, January 1st, 2023. Let's look honestly. Let's examine our lives and truly allow God to help us walk at a healthy, sustainable pace. And again, the pace of Jesus. Now, I want to think about this for just a little bit. Think about this, the pace of Jesus. Jesus had three years to accomplish his ministry. He had all those years of growing up, and then at about age 30 is when he was commissioned into ministry, and he had three years of ministry time to accomplish what he was supposed to accomplish. And you would think, okay, three years, let's go. Hustle. No days off. There's no time for rest. Get up. Let's go. We've got kingdom things to do. I got three years to accomplish all I'm supposed to do. Let's go. Don't you think that that would be kind of the spirit or the heart or the attitude of the Savior? That's not what we see in Scripture. In fact, the pace of Jesus is we see him a lot like sitting around, hanging out with friends. We see Jesus napping. Who maybe needs a nap in 2023? Today, maybe? (laughs) It's okay. It's holy to take a nap. Jesus would take naps, especially on boats. <laughs> Jesus would walk everywhere. I don't think we see anywhere in Scripture where Jesus ran. He walked everywhere he went. And he consistently was kind of sneaking away just to be with his Father, to commune, to talk with his Father, to pray. So the question is, was Jesus lazy? No. Did he accomplish everything he was supposed to? Yes. His final breath on the cross, he says, it is finished. He had accomplished everything he was supposed to accomplish. He only came to do what the Father had planned for him to do. I think that's interesting. And if we were to model our lives after Jesus and the pace of Jesus, maybe we have much to learn. So 2023 could not only be maybe a year of margin, but maybe you think about it this way. It's the beginning of a new way to live life. A new way to live life as a follower of Jesus. So today, setting all of that up, I want to do a deep dive today in one specific area, and I would ask for a drum roll, and hold your applause, hold your excitement today, but I want to do a deep dive into the area of finances. Yay! (laughs) January 1st, other pastors on vacation, Nicholas, you get to talk about money, no, I'm just kidding, (laughs) I volunteered, Um, I volunteered. Um, because I had this on my heart, and so, and it it fits into the series, but the idea just of money, of possessions, of how we engage with culture in this world. And so, but I want to go deeper this morning. This isn't just a class on how to live with margin. Here are some practical tools. 
budget, you know, like whatever it is. Like here's spend less. Come on, be disciplined. Like, you know, we just came out of Christmas. We maybe maxed out the credit cards. I don't know what your situation is, but I want to go deeper than just like offering some head knowledge, deeper, deeper than just offering some, some tools or some practical things. Those are all really important and great, but I want to go deeper today, and I want to talk to our hearts today, all of us. I want to engage on a heart level. So instead of maybe leaving with like, man, I don't have anything to do after the message today, I want to um, engage with you on this level of being or ask this question of who am I becoming? Who am I becoming as I'm following Jesus? Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense today. So that's my goal is to, to do a deep dive. I want to speak to your heart, to your, your spirit and I do want to say, too, though, if you leave today and you're like, man, 2023, I want my finances to look differently. I do need help practically. Come talk to me this week. Call the office. Talk to one of the pastors. We have so many amazing people in this church who can offer practical help, like one-on-one -on -one budget coaching. We have classes, small groups, all centered around how can we steward our resources in a way that honors God. Because that is important. He has given us our resources, and it is our job to steward them well. So that is available. But today, I want to examine our hearts today and to see if we can get to the root more, the root of why we are maybe living at the edge financially or maybe even consistently over the edge, not embracing our limits and not living with margin. And I do want to qualify a couple things here real quick, too. I am not going to say everything there is to say about this today. So, but I want, to, I want to invite you into a wrestle this morning. I also understand, too, that we just got done with Christmas, and so there maybe was a lot of expenditures and buying gifts and things like that, too. So don't feel that guilt today. Like, it is the beginning of a new year. But maybe there's a new way to live life going forward. And I also know that we are experiencing record-level inflation. Like, things are more challenging. It is tighter. And I, I can fully relate. Um, the grocery bill has astronomically increased. Anybody else? It's like when we keep having children. No, just kidding. <laughs> and our boys are getting older and like, Dad, I'm always hungry. I'm like, I, I know, bummer. <laughs> I got to start raising some cattle and, and chickens. So <laughs> in town, is that even legal? I don't know. We, we might just do it. Um, so I understand that, and so there is, there's that grace and that empathy for that, but there still is something we can learn today. So can we pray one more time, and then we're going to dive into this. Lord, um, thank you for everyone watching online. Thank you for the people here today. Thank you for your word, Lord, even when it's uh, challenging and uncomfortable. I thank you that its intention is to form us and shape us and transform us to be more like you, Jesus. Today, I just pray that you'd help us approach your scripture, your word, with open hearts, open minds, not with a posture of defensiveness, but humility, where we place ourselves as student under the master, under the teacher, and that's you, Father, that's you, Holy Spirit. So speak to us today. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So I want to go back to this idea again of a word for the year, a word for the year, a word for the year. And what about 2023? What if there's a word, and maybe not just for the year, but what if there's a word for your life that will help us live with margin when it comes to the area of possessions and finances and resources and how we engage in this world with material things? What if there's a word 
that will help us at a root level, at a heart level, embrace this way. What if that word is contentment? Contentment. So in our scripture reading today, if you're paying attention, Paul said he had to learn a secret. And it wasn't the secret of building wealth. It wasn't the secret to budgeting. Paul didn't say he had to learn the secret to wise investing. It wasn't the secret to beating inflation, life hacks, couponing. It wasn't the secret to paying less in taxes. But maybe that's illegal. <laughs> Not so much a secret. Paul says... He had to learn the secret of what? Contentment. Contentment with what he had and to trust God for everything else. The secret of contentment. One dictionary defines contentment as this. It's the state of being mentally or emotionally satisfied with things as they are. Another definition is Happiness and satisfaction, often because you have everything you need. What if the need for more money is a lie that we've been led to believe? The need for more money is a lie that we've been led to believe. What if the secret isn't learning how to get more? And and, and this can creep into the church a little bit. It can get, it can get kind of weird. Like, here's some, here's some strings you can pull. It's like God gives you more. Like, here's some things you can, like, there's seven secrets to, ah, it gets kind of weird. Like, I don't know. So what if the secret isn't to learning how to get more? What if the secret, and it is the secret, is learning how to be content with what you already have? What if that's the secret? What if that's the book title that we write? To be content with what we already have. Philippians 4, 11 through 13, again, in the New International Reader's Version. Um, I just like this version, kind of enjoying it recently. But it says, I'm not saying this, Paul says, because I have, um, because I need anything. For I have learned to be content no matter what happens to me. I know what it's like to not have what I need. I also know what it's like to have more than I need. I've learned the secret of being content no matter what happens. I am content whether I am well-fed or hungry. I am content whether I have more than enough or not enough. And I can do all this by the power of Christ. He gives me strength. I think Philippians 4.13, that last one, I can do all things through Christ, for he strengthens me. I think this verse is possibly one of the most used and taken out of context verses in the entire Bible. <laughs> we attach it to just like, I want to do something great. I want to like win a, a football game. I'm not going to say anymore. I'm not going to say anymore. So many of you have been coming up to me, and I promise it's over. So <laughs> I... <laughs> We attach it, we, we put it under 
our eyes, and I can do all things because Christ gives me strength. And it's like, yeah, okay, kind of cool, but like there's so much context to this verse. It says, I can do all of this. What is all of this? All of this is living with contentment. I can do this by the power of Christ. Whoa. We cannot do this on our own. So does it sound like a tall order today? Does this kind of sound like, oh, yeah, for me it does. Like this is, as I communicate this, I'm like, Lord, um, I am learning this just as much as anybody else. So let's put this verse into context. Paul's saying, I've learned the secret. And no matter any situation, I've learned to be content. What if in 2023, we can learn, on January 1st, we can begin to learn this secret. We all have to learn this secret of contentment. What if you can do all of this because of the power of Christ in you? Hebrews um, 5, sorry, Hebrews 13, 5 says this. Keep your lives free. Keep your lives free from the love of money. And be what? Content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Solomon said this in Ecclesiastes 5.10. He says, whoever loves money never has money enough. And he was the wisest and richest man who ever lived. Whoever loves money never has money enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied. Or we, I think we could put it in content with his income. This too is meaningless. Like, I just love it. He just goes on this whole rant about everything that's meaningless. And this is one of the things. Like, it just doesn't make sense. And that's me. So the question I'm asking myself this morning, this year, I'm wrestling with this right now. Am I content with what I have? With what God has given me? Am I content? Is it enough? Or do I need more? Can I ask you the same question today? Are you content with what you have? I'll be the first to say this morning and be honest to say that this is a journey to learn this secret. And I would say I am on this journey 100%. I'm not fully there yet. I'm not there yet, but I'm learning like what God has given me to just be content instead of like, okay, yeah, this house, cool. Thanks, Lord. Um, I'll stay here a couple of years. Okay, some equity there. I can, okay, now we can move that into this and I can do this. All in a desire to accomplish my dreams. And, and then I get, you know, I've, we've built a new house once before, too, and it kind of like, okay, cool, new house. But now the yard's kind of, like, terrible. Like, we need to do a bunch of yard work. So, and then, man, now we need trees. Now, like, it just never ends. Like, they're just, we need more. It's just, it's, just, it's never, like, fully enough. And maybe, the, maybe that's not the secret. Is to, maybe that's, getting more isn't the thing. It's like, maybe it's to learn, hold up, to be content with clearly what God has given me here and now. That's the secret. And as we ask this question of ourselves, I don't think it's really helpful to ask the question like this. Like, man, um, am I discontent? Is there, no, I don't I think I'm good. I'm just going to move on. 
It's kind of like, do I have any pride in me? I don't think I have any pride. I'm just going to move on. I don't think that's a really good question. I want, I want you to go deeper. I want you to, I want you to like wrestle with some stuff today because like we are all in this boat together. And here's a better question I think to ask. It's like, okay, I know I struggle with discontentment. Can we just honestly admit that today? And then say, now it's not about whether or not I have some discontentment in my heart. It's how much discontentment is there, Lord? It's not, is there pride? I know there is pride in me. It's how much pride, Father, show me. It's not this all or nothing sort of thing. It's like, how much? And so, right now, as you sit coming into a new year, how content are you, especially in the area of our finances, our resources, our, the, things, the material things that we need to live? So, I also don't know what this means for you personally. Like, I can't stand up here and say this is what contentment looks like for you. I just want to unpack this truth today of contentment in Christ and then let you wrestle with it. I think the pastor's or leader's job is, is it's not for, for your life to look like my life or for you to do what I'm supposed to do, especially in these areas of non-essentials. Like in this area here, it's to give you the truth and say, now, follower of Christ, wrestle with this. Seek God in this area. Obey the Holy Spirit because what he might ask you to do, he might not be asking me to do. What he might be asking me to do is not what he's asking. So I want to even be careful not to share too many personal stories about what God, I feel like God is doing in our life in this area. I want you to wrestle with this because you're following Jesus. Yes? You are a follower of Christ and his word, and it talks about this idea of contentment. So let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you into obedience. Also, this idea of contentment is absolutely countercultural. <laughs> absolutely. There is nothing. I did some marketing classes in college. Um, well, it's been a while now. <laughs> but there's no marketing out there that says, hey, could you imagine a commercial? It's just like, boom, be happy with, it, with what you have. Don't buy anything from us. <laughs> that actually might, like, reverse psychology might work. <laughs> Be happy with what you have. You don't need more. We don't see that anywhere. But isn't that the point today? Isn't that what gives us a little bit more like validation that maybe Jesus is like onto something? Like the idea that it's countercultural maybe has some more validity to it. Like this is a new way to live. And when we come to Christ, Yes, we get saved. And then he offers us a new way to live, a new way to engage this world, a new way to see the world. The kingdom of God is so different than the kingdom of this world and the way this world operates. Should the, the follower of Christ, should your life be countercultural in many ways? Yes. And this is one of the ways. It's a new way to live that may not be the way of culture, but it is certainly the way of Jesus. Contentment. Um, a few years ago, my wife and I met this beautiful follower of Christ. And she was older in years, and um, they had been in ministry for a long time um, together, her and her and her husband. And he had passed away, like, some years before. And you could just tell that she did not have much. Um, was very frugal, like, like, like the penny pinching, like, just was, so, was such a good steward. She did not have much, was such a good steward. We would go to her house, and she would um, make a meal for all of us. 
and she would, she would go on certain days to certain stores because things were cheaper, and, and this store, like, they were going to give some stuff away on this day because the produce was, you know, just all the things. She had it all. And the generosity, she did not have much, but the generosity that it just flowed from her heart, you could feel it. If you met somebody like this before, you could just feel it. Even though she didn't have much, I'm like, she's the most generous person I know. And just contentment. She was so grateful for the apartment that she had and just the smallest of things. Just thank you. It just made her so happy. And I just, she, she just left a mark on my life forever. Um, I'm like, that looks a lot, a lot like just Jesus. I'm like, I want to I be like that. And um, there came a time then where she was living this, in this apartment, and there came a time where her lease came up. So she had to move. And, and uh, but she was content with where she was. And she was just so in love and just enjoyed where she was. And there, then there came this time where she had to move, and um, you could tell, it's like, where am I going to go? What can I afford? I don't know. All these things. And God just drops this beautiful, like, like what are those homes where they're like twin homes, you know? Just right in her lap in a different town, but it's just like, here, you get to live here now. At an attached garage, <laughs> more space, updated, beautiful backyard. She was so excited. It wasn't entitlement. It wasn't maneuvering. It wasn't, she was content with where she was. And God just totally drops this upgrade <laughs> right into her life. And it was beautiful to watch as she just celebrated with gratitude and kept doing what she was doing, having people over and just being generous. And I was just marked by her spirit, her heart. A couple of quotes about contentment that I came across I thought were really good. There's a book called The Practice of Godliness by Jerry Bridges, and it says, <clears throat> he says this, contentment is one of the most distinguishing traits of the godly person because a godly person has their heart focused on God rather than on possessions or position or power. Another quote from um, the rare jewel of Christian contentment, Jeremiah Burroughs. He says this, Christian contentment is that sweet, inward, quiet, gracious frame of spirit which freely submits to and delights in God's wise and fatherly disposal in every condition. Okay, it's the, the frame of spirit which freely submits to and delights in God's wise and fatherly disposal in every condition. Wow. Contentment. So can I ask this question today? Well, I'm going to. And this one goes a little bit deeper. I want you to think about it. Is the desire and pursuit of more breeding discontentment? And is it poisoning our hearts to the things of God? I don't know where you're at, nor where I'm at. Let's read a passage of Scripture, and let's see if this speaks to us today. First Timothy, this is Paul speaking to Timothy again. <clears throat> First Timothy 6, 2 through 11. Paul says, teach these things, Timothy, and encourage everyone to obey them. Some people may contradict our teaching, but these are the wholesome teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. These teachings promote a godly life. Anyone who teaches something different is arrogant and lacks understanding, 
Such a person has an unhealthy desire to quibble over the meaning of words. This stirs up arguments, ending in jealousy, division, slander, and evil suspicions. These people always cause trouble. Their minds are corrupt, and they have turned their backs on the truth. To them, in this, wow, to them, a show of godliness is just a way to become wealthy. Yet, verse 6, this, this blew me away this week. I was, yeah, I've never quite seen it like this before. But yet, true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. It's nothing to do with an amount of money. True godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into this world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So, if we have enough food and clothing, let us be what? Content. Enough food, enough clothing, let us be content. But people, oh, this gets fun, but people who long to be rich, Paul, tell us what you really think, but people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction for the love of money is the root. We're trying to get to the root today. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. But you, Timothy, are a man of God. You are a child of God. So run from all these things. Run from all these evil things. Pursue instead righteousness and a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Wow. Have we gotten it maybe backwards? Are we maybe getting it backwards today? As we're coming to a new year, let's think about this. Are we discontent with what we have in this world, with what God has given us in this world when it comes to Finances, possessions, are we discontent with what we have? And are we content in our relationship with God? When maybe we should be content with what we have in this world and discontent in our relationship with God. It's this whole idea, has it poisoned our hearts to the things of God? This pursuit of more, is it distracting us from our pursuit of God? And what do I mean by being discontent in our relationship with God? I mean, are you just okay with where where you're at with the Lord? Or do you want more of God? Does your heart really want more? How is your heart beating today? Is it beating for the things of God? Or is our hearts beating just for more of what this world has to offer? Where's your heart today? Are you content with how intimately you know the Father, your heavenly Father? Are you content with how well, how much you know him? Am I content with how intimately I know him? Am I content with how much of his kingdom I see here on earth? No. No. There's so much more, God. Pour your spirit out. Amen. <laughs> Maybe God wants to like settle our hearts when it comes to the things of this world so that our hearts can be awakened and alive to the things of his kingdom. I think so. Am I content with how closely I resemble Jesus to those around me? No. 
So maybe our hearts, church, today, 2023, January 1st, maybe our hearts today need to be detached from the things of this world so that it can be just fully free to pursue God, to pursue righteousness. What did Paul say to Timothy? To pursue righteousness, a godly life, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Worship team, you can come on up. This is my last thought today, just around the idea of contentment. And here's why I'm excited to worship today. I can't wait. I just, let's go. Um, Here's why contentment is so important as well. Um, Okay, so. Contentment is important because when you are truly content with what God has given you, you can then do anything God has asked you to do and be okay. Does that make sense? Like, this whole idea of, like, career, like, no, I would never do that because I need to be here so that I could advance, so that I can grow, so that there could be more. And it's not all bad. I'm not, again, I can't qualify everything. I can't flesh this all out in your life. But there's just this idea of, like, I have what I need. There's food and clothing. I'll be content with that. Lord, here I am. Send me. A content heart is fully free to do whatever God asks you to do. What if God's like, I want you to go into this field or to work here. Like, how would I ever do that? There's not more there, Lord. Like, that's less. (laughs) Can you see where, like, it begins, like, there'd be, like, these culture clashes, sort of, like, eventually the American dream comes into, like, conflict with Jesus and maybe his will for your life. You know what I mean? Like, eventually you got to start wrestling with this stuff. Like, well, if I just keep pursuing this, then, but what about now you're stuck in this middle space, and that's beautiful, and that's awesome. Wrestle. Wrestle with the Lord. Don't just, like, um, blindly just pursue maybe a lie we've been taught, but, like, wrestle with Scripture so you can do anything that God asks you to do and be okay. Talk about making space for God. Lord, here I am. Send me. I'm content, Father. <clears throat> My heart is with your kingdom, Lord. Use me as you see fit. Are not some of the most beautiful Christ-like people in the world just content with what God has given them? Faithful where God has called them? <clears throat> and they just truly don't need more? There's so many beautiful people in this body that live like this. And it's amazing. Not every opportunity to make more is from God. It could just be a temptation. Remember what Paul said to Timothy? Like, people are tempted by this pursuit. Not every opportunity to make more is from God. It could just be a temptation. So do we just automatically assume, like, yep, 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 yep? Or do we pause and wrestle, Lord, what is your will? What are you saying? God might be bringing more. God does bring more. He's a giver of good gifts. He's a good father. I'm not saying, I'm not saying like, this is a vow of poverty. I'm not saying that. But I'm also not like this proponent of just pure prosperity. 
It's somewhere in the middle is where I think we can land. And it's contentment. And God can bring more into our lives. And here's the thing. When our heart is content, more will not poison it. A content heart can carry more. A content heart can handle more. And I think God's more concerned about our hearts than how much we have. So a good father's like, I want you to learn the secret of contentment. Because once you find that secret, you're going to be okay with what you have. And then if I bring more, you'll understand what more is for. And it is to bless those around you. Blessed to be a blessing. So God gives good gifts. Um, and he can bring more into our life, but maybe it's first to learn the secret of contentment. Um, you can start playing if you want to. Thanks. Uh, one last thought. I just wanted to speak this over some people today. Um, that just maybe for some of you, you've, you've, you've worked, you're working, and there's this whole idea of classes in our society that we live in. Blue collar, white collar, working class, you know, and then there's the people that own things and they make more. And just all the, I'm not, I'm not getting into the whole thing today. But I just, I just felt my heart to just speak to some people today that just because you maybe don't make as much doesn't mean you're not wealthy. Godliness with contentment is great wealth. Think about that. Godliness with contentment is great wealth. You don't need more money to be wealthy. Maybe in 2023, it's not about more. It's not about income increasing. It's about contentment deepening in our hearts. Paul learned the secret of contentment. So God has you exactly where you are for a reason. There's a calling to the job he has you at, the place that he has you at. You're exactly maybe where you need to be. And maybe you feel like you're less than because you don't make as much as others. And just this idea of lower class based on income has crept into your identity. And I want to say it's a lie. It's a lie. That is not your identity. That is not who you are. It's not the way the kingdom of God works. Godliness with contentment is great wealth. You don't need more money to be wealthy. So 2023... Here's to a new year. Maybe the secret we need to learn, I need to learn is contentment. Um, can I read can I read one more passage of scripture? Are we are we okay? Like we came to church today, you know, let's let's like make it count. Um, so Luke 12, I, it's a little bit longer, but lean in. These are the words of Jesus. It's powerful. Let's let this sink in, let's hear it, and then let's worship him and praise him for who he is. Luke 12, 13 through 33, says this. Then someone called from the crowd, Teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus replied, Friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? Then he said, Jesus said, Beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. 
Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all the crops. Then he said, I know, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough. Oh, just interesting. Making room for you or are we going to make room for, for God? I don't have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, who calls himself my friend. That's just hilarious. My friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, my friend. Eat, drink, be merry, my friend. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a but not have a rich relationship with God. Then he turns to his disciples. Can you imagine him turning to us? You consider yourself a disciple of Christ, a follower of Christ. And he says this, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear, for life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them. And are you more valuable to him than any birds? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if worry can accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And don't be concerned about what to eat, what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world, countercultural. But your father already knows your needs. So seek first the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. This is challenging. Sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven, and the purses of heaven will never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it, no moth can destroy it. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. I don't know what that means for you. In 2023, I want to learn to be content with what God has given me. So let's pray and um, let's worship the Lord, declare who he is, sing his praises. And let's let God maybe touch some things in our heart. And it's a kind God. It's a gracious God. It's a father today, maybe adjusting us. Lord, we come to you. If you want to stand just with me, Lord, we come to you today as a body of believers, of followers of Christ. And if today you'd say you're not following Christ, January 1, 2023 would be a great day to turn your life around. <laughs> be a great day to start following Jesus because his way is better. Lord, I don't
don't know where this lands with everybody, but Father, I pray that, that there would just be um, no shame, no guilt, no, that there would, just, there would be your loving voice drawing us closer to you, calling us to a different way to live. God, I give my life to you, give my heart to you. I wanna pursue you fully and trust you with my whole being. Lord, we give you 2023. We give you this year. This is your year. Help us learn the secret of contentment, God. Be praised, be glorified. In your name we pray.